Would you turn with me to the 116th Psalm? Now, before we read the whole psalm, verse 3. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. Who is the only one who could say that? Those are the words of the Lord Jesus. Only he could say the sorrow of death and the pains of hell. He, you know, when people say, I'm going through hell, I feel bad for that person. And, uh, well, somebody needs to deal with that. lot of those. When someone says, I'm going through hell, I'm sure they're going through a difficult time, but not like this. So these are the words of the Lord Jesus as we consider this psalm. He says in verse 1, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compass me and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. Perhaps you will remember that Paul quoted this in 2 Corinthians 4.13, the uh, rule of faith. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord 
is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, how grateful we are for our Redeemer, for our Savior, for our Lord, for our King, your blessed Son. We ask in Christ's name that your gospel would be preached in the power of your Spirit and that we, by your grace, would be enabled to worship him. Lord, we confess our sin. Lord, we can't come into your presence without some awareness of our sin and our sinfulness. But how thankful we are that we are in your Son. How we thank you that in him is no sin. And Lord, how we long to see him as he is and we'll be like him. We pray for your mercy upon our rulers, the problems in the world, the wars in the world. We pray for your mercy. We pray that you'd let order our steps in your word and let no iniquity have dominion over us. Bless us for the Lord's sake and be with all your people wherever they meet together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, the 113th through the 118th Psalms are known as the Hallel. I don't know if I'm saying that right. They're called the Hallel Psalms. And these are the Psalms that the Lord was singing uh, with his disciples right after the Lord's table before Gethsemane. You remember both in Matthew and Mark's account, it says after they sang a hymn or the word is actually a psalm, they sang these psalms. And I think there's something very um, poignant about thinking of the Lord singing these psalms before he was going to death because these are the psalms that were sang before the Passover. And the Lord knew he was the Passover. And they were singing these psalms and I think that this makes these words particularly poignant to think of the Lord singing this right before his death. And this um, psalm is also quoted by Peter in Acts chapter 2 on the uh, great sermon on Pentecost. And that passage that Paul quotes, Acts chapter 4 verse, I mean 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13, he said, he calls this the spirit of faith. We have believed Therefore, we have spoken. Now, I don't think we give that enough attention. We believe, therefore, we speak. And Paul calls this the very spirit of faith. Verse 1, I love the Lord. 
because he hath heard my voice and my supplication. Now, we love the Lord. We love him, don't we? We love his attributes. No one loved him the way the Lord loved his father. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live, which is eternally. Verse 3, the sorrows of death compass me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Now, as I said, every one of us have felt trouble. We felt sorrow. We felt perhaps we're going to die. Many feelings like this. And we might have even thought, I'm going through hell. No, we're not. And I would not diminish anyone's trouble, anyone's sorrow, but none of us understand the horrors of complete wrath of God. The Lord Jesus did. He bore the full equivalent of hell and put it away. But here he says, with regard to his experience on the cross, when he was forsaken by his father, the sorrows of death compassed me about, the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I, verse 4, upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. He dealt with the silence of God, but it never caused him to quit praying. I beseech thee, O Lord, deliver my soul. Remember, his soul was made an offering for sin. Deliver my soul. Verse 5, gracious is the Lord. And righteous, yea, our God is merciful. Now, here are the three reasons the Lord was going through this. He's gracious. Oh, how gracious that he would give his son for people like me and you. Gracious. You know, I think it's awful the way our flesh will find objections to the Lord. We'll get mad. Why does he do this? Why didn't he do that? Why? The objection, gracious is the Lord. Second, righteous. Why was Christ hanging on a cross? Because God is righteous. All sin must be punished. And God has made a way to be righteous and righteously justify sinners through what was going on on the cross. Righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. He delights in mercy. That's why the Lord is hanging on the cross with the sorrows of death and hell, experiencing it all in his own body because God is gracious 
because God is righteous, because God is merciful. Can you say amen to that? That's who he is. Verse 6. The Lord preserveth the simple. The Really what the word means is, is stupid. Stupid. Is that you? I was brought low and he helped me. Now I think of how the Lord was brought low. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might be rich. Oh, how low he was brought. And I don't understand it. You don't understand it, but we, we believe it. He was brought low that we might be made rich. And he helped me. <laughs> he raised him from the dead. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Now this is after his work. What did the Lord do? After his work of creation, he rested. And it wasn't because he's tired, he's worn out. No, he just looked on what he did and said, it's good, and he rested. What did the Lord do after his mighty work of salvation on the cross? The scripture says he sat down. He sat down. He rested, not because he was tired, but because his work was finished. And it was very good. And that's why he says in verse 7, Return unto thy rest, O my soul. You see, he rested eternally before this, didn't he? In complete satisfaction. And he goes through this period when it's not a rest, when he has dealt with the sins of his people. And, but now, return to that rest. O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For, verse 8, Thou hast delivered my soul from death, Mine eyes from tears. Remember his strong cryings and tears in the Garden of Gethsemane? And my feet from falling. This is talking about his complete deliverance, his resurrection and complete deliverance. This is what this is a reference to. Verse 9, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Now, remember when those uh, Sadducees were questioning the Lord about the resurrection? And he said, God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. Heaven is the land of the living. You know, everybody there lives. And I'm not just talking about physical life. I'm talking about spiritual life. The land of the living where God is worshipped, where God is adored, where Christ is seen as altogether lovely. The land of the living. He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 10. I believed. Therefore, have I spoken. Now hold your finger there and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We, having the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore 
speak. The spirit of faith. I love that. The spirit of faith. What does a man believe? What he says. What he preaches publicly. That's what he believes. Uh, I, someone that had attended a church here and quit, quit uh, coming here and started going somewhere else. And they called me about something. And uh, I said, uh, well, you're going to, uh, to, I don't even know if I call it a church because I'm not going to call a place where the gospel is not preached the church. I said, do they uh, preach election there? And this person replied, well, I don't know. I've never heard it. I don't know what he believes. I've never heard it. Well, that answers that question, doesn't it? I love it when they said, when they asked the Lord about his disciples and his doctrine. And he says, why are you asking me? Ask them that heard me. They'll tell you what I preached. Now, I believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. I preach it as such. You believe it as such. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. I believe everything the Bible says with regard to the character of God. And you know what proves it? I preach his character. I preach his holiness. I preach his absolute sovereignty. I preach his justice and righteousness. I preach his power. I preach his love. And I'm not putting the emphasis on me doing this because you're in this just as much as I am. Um, this, is, this is what you stand for if you're a believer. We, we speak what we were. Somebody says, I hope he didn't mean what he said. He did. He did. Um, what you say is what you believe. I believe that the righteousness of Christ is the only grounds of acceptance before God, that there is no other righteousness. I preach it. We don't put enough emphasis, I don't think, on this verse of Scripture. I believed, therefore have I spoken. This is the spirit of faith. <clears throat> verse 10, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. And he's talking about his time on the cross. I said in my haste, all men are liars. Um. This was realized on the cross. And you know, all men are liars. Is he saying, well, when I got in too much of a hurry, I said something I shouldn't have said, that all men are liars, when in fact they're not? No, of course not. Uh, let God be true and every man a liar. And I am so, you know, even when I'm preaching the gospel, I'm so acutely aware of the fact that I'm a liar. You say, well, why, why do you expect us to listen to you? Well, because I expect you to listen to what God says. You're a liar, too. You're a liar. Everything we do is a, is a misrepresentation of the truth. We're always trying to project something. But thank God, God's true. Though all men are liars, we have God's word. And God's people, the only honest people, now listen to me, the only honest people are people who see that they're nothing but liars in and of themselves. And if you disagree with that with regard to yourself, you've lied to yourself. It's that simple. All men are liars. Verse 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? <laughs> 
You think of the benefit. Now, the Lord's saying this, and we say it too, don't we? The benefits, the saving benefits, the grace, the mercy, the kindness. What, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, praise his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. The benefits from our great benefactor. Verse 13, he says, I'll take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Now, I thought of this cup, the, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament both speak of this cup. Uh, the, the dregs of the cup, the wicked will drink. I'll wring them out in the book of Isaiah. I think of the Lord in Gethsemane's garden when that cup passed before him. And when he saw that cup, the scripture says he sweat great drops of blood because he knew the content of that cup. And you and I, I realize we can't understand this. We can, we can talk about it, but we can't understand it. But that's talking about him drinking into his own body our sin. He bare our sins in his own body on the tree. How this Works, we don't know, but the Lord took the sins of his people off of them, put them in that cup, the Lord drank them. And now that cup is filled with grace because the sin is gone and we drink the cup of salvation because he drank the cup of our sins and put them away. And now we drink this glorious cup of salvation. You know, every time we take the Lord's table, we celebrate that salvation i hope we celebrate it every day and every minute the cup of salvation he says i'll take the cup of salvation and will call upon the name of the lord you know the lord calls on the name of his father we call on the name of his father verse 14 i will pay my vows unto the lord now in the presence of all of his people now have you ever vowed a vow to the Lord? I dare say you probably have. I know I have. Have you ever kept it? No. Should you? Yes. Should you have made the vow in the first place? No. No. But there is one who kept his vow. Remember in Jonah chapter 2, the great prayer of Jonah from the fish's belly, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'll pay that which I vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And understand this. <laughs> he vowed to his father to do whatever it took to glorify his father and save his people. He vowed a vow. This is the will of him that sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but raise it up again at the last day. He kept his vow. When he said it is finished, he's saying the vow has been kept. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. That's what's going on right now. We're hearing about his vow. And aren't you thankful he kept his vow? Now verse 15. Precious. 
in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. What I thought about, really, I, I thought about bearing Paul Daniel, you know, not too long ago. And this is the word that came to me, and this is true of every believer when they die. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. John chapter 17, verse 23, the Lord tells us with regard to his father and his people, thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Believer, when you die, it's precious to the Lord. What a hope. Precious to the Lord. In the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, his sanctified ones. Verse 16. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant, and the son of thine handmaid thou hast loosed, thou hast set free my bonds. Now, I, I love the way uh, this is stated. Um, have you ever heard the Catholic prayer, Mother Mary of God, have mercy on us, poor sinners? God doesn't have a mother. God has no mother. Mary was the physical mother of the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no question about that, but God doesn't have a mother. Christ Jesus was the son of uh, God's handmaid, and Mary said the same thing about herself. Remember in Luke chapter 2, when she called herself, let it be done unto thy handmaid as thou hast purposed. This is an answer to this psalm. O Lord, truly I am thy servant, I am thy servant, and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. And that is, once again, a, a reference to the resurrection. Somebody says, doesn't any of this have any uh, dealing with us? Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm not dealing. I, I mean, I'm, I, yes, David wrote this. He experienced all this. But that being said, just the fact that when he talked about uh, hell got hold of me, uh, Nobody can say that but the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the way I want us to remember this psalm. Yes, it, uh, in every psalm, you can read it as David's words, as your words. I'm thankful for that. But these are preeminently the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he says in verse 17, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. He's already offered the sacrifice for sin. And now he offers the sacrifice for thanksgiving giving and I will call upon the name of the Lord you know that's it's so glorious to think of the Lord Jesus calling upon the name of his father we do it Lord save me but oh him calling upon the name of his father it's beautiful to think about he adored his father he once again says in verse 18 I will pay my vows Unto the Lord now, in the presence of all his people. Who is the only one to pay his vows? 
This can describe no one but the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid his vows. We might have made them, but we didn't pay them. He made them, and he paid them. Complete salvation for all of his people. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people in the courts of the Lord's house. This is talking about the church. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. Now he calls upon his people, the church, Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. As I praise the Lord, you do the same thing. What a beautiful song.